I shared a scripture with you, Matthew 6.33, very popular scripture at the beginning of this series. I actually gave you two scriptures that we should use to guide us in this season. Matthew 6.33 was one of them. Seek first the kingdom of God. Again, the God first principle. So if God has given us a word for supernatural increase, we want to seek the fulfillment of that word first in the house of God. So we want to believe God for supernatural increase in these two services. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. The increase we just prophesied over you, increase on your job, increase in your marriage, increase in your finances, they will be added unto you. Say with me, they shall be added unto you. So what we are going to do, we'll be giving you more details as we go on, but we are starting this Saturday. We have earmarked four Saturdays, two in September, two in October, where as a church, as many of us as can rally together, we're going to do it in our respective zones um, and communities. We'll give you the details in the course of the week, somewhere near where you live. Um, at specific times, Saturday mornings, probably between 10 and 12 noon, we'll go out aggressively, purposefully, um, invite people to church, preach the gospel to them, witness to them, pray with them, and do everything we can do in our power to bring people into the house of God. The king, in one parable, Jesus told, said he created a banquet and he told his servants, go out and tell people to come for my banquet. That's what we are supposed to be doing as a church. And we strongly believe as we do that together, not only will there be increase in the house of God, can somebody say amen? amen. There will be increase in our own personal lives as well. Can you lift your hands? Let's just pray a word of prayer again for supernatural increase open your mouth and just pray in the spirit where you are and pray that this campaign will be successful it will bring increase into god's house souls will be saved people will be drawn to god people will be planted in church come on open your mouth church and just take a minute and pray for the success of this supernatural increase campaign this four Sundays and this remaining two months, about the next two months, September and October, that there will be increase in God's house. That people will be established in church. People will be born again. Not just quantitative increase, there will be qualitative increase as well. We will go from glory to glory. We will go from strength to strength. We will keep increasing and abounding in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, you can do better than that. Shout aloud, hallelujah. Praise God. Let's rise on our feet for the reading of God's word as we go into today's lesson, or today's teaching. We've been learning from how God recreated the world. If you can put these lessons to heart, and I'm trying to simplify them as much as possible. Ephesians 5.1 says we should be imitators of God as their children. The same way a baby will, my daughter still did it again this morning. I said something, she could not really say it, but she tried to mimic what I was saying. And she was just imitating me. That's how to do Christianity. So we are looking at God and we are looking at what God did in the beginning. God wanted a new heaven and a new earth. And he did certain things. 
And we are breaking them down for you. And we are challenging you by the grace of God to imitate God in your life. Somebody declare with me this morning, I can imitate God. We've shared four lessons before. I won't take the time to reiterate that. Let's look at the fifth lesson and see whether you can decode it and observe it yourself. Genesis chapter 1, reading from verse 4. I have just about four verses to read here. I want you to watch out for a pattern that God kept displaying. And we are looking at three days. He did it the first day, he did it the second day, he did it the third day. That should tell you something. Verse 4, Genesis chapter 1. This is day 1. God saw the light. God said, let there be light. If you read from verse 3, but from verse 4, God saw the light that it was good. And God divided or separated the light from the darkness. Verse 6. This is day 2. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And let it divide or separate the waters from the waters. Verse 7. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. In verse 4, he divided the light from the darkness. In verse verse 7, he divided the um, the waters beneath the firmament. Firmament again means sky or atmosphere. The sky, everything. He separated the waters. Glory be to God. And it was so. Verse 9. This is the third day. Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place. And let the dry land appear. And it was so. And verse 10. God called the dry land earth. And the gathering of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Hallelujah. That's the pattern that God was doing. Separating and dividing and gathering. And if you really read the entire chapter, he continued in doing that, everything he did. Here is the lesson. Do you want a new beginning in your life? I can hear you this morning. Do you want a new beginning in your finances? Would you love to see a new beginning in your marriage? Would you love to see a new beginning in your career? Concerning your health? Concerning your relationships? Concerning your world? Every aspect of your life? This is the lesson. Bring order or put order into your life. Order. That's what God was doing. Things should not be upside down. Water everywhere. No. If you want the water in the sky, let's put it in the sky. If you want water in the ground. Everywhere, just water just can't be everywhere. No, there's a place for water. There's a place for land. Everywhere, darkness, confusion, chaos, everywhere. No. There will be time where we have light. And there will be time where we have darkness. Separate them. Order. Somebody shout order. Bring order into your finances. You will see how your money will go to the next level. This is where things like tithing is about. Order. 
I put God first. I have a budget. I just don't spend money anyhow. If you spend money anyhow, God forbid, your finances will be anyhow. If you run your family anyhow, God forbid, your family will be anyhow. Order your time. This is what I do when I wake up. This is where praying in the morning is important. Having time of prayer is important. Having time when I go to work is important. Order. And that order has remained from Genesis till now. There are only 24 hours in a day. We will never wake up and one day we have 48 hours. Order. There's no prayer that can make a day have 48 hours. The only record we have in scriptures is when God granted Joshua time for the sun to stand still. There's order. We have 12 months in a year. There's no year God forgot and he gave us 14 months in that year. Mm-hmm. Order. Hallelujah. Anytime you want a new beginning, who is interested? Lift your hands and say, Father, I receive grace to bring order into my life. Every area of my life. In the name of Jesus. Send us your word, Father. No, no, I'm praying now. (laughs) Send us your word this morning. Open our eyes, open our ears. Let us receive the word that will transform our stories. In Jesus' mighty name. High five your neighbor and say, bring order into your life. Bring order. Please be seated. Can somebody shout order? Say with me, order in my time. Three major areas I've been teaching in recent months. Your time, your talent, your treasure. Now, you need order in every area of your life, but we can start with those three things. You have 24 hours a day. Put some order in the way you use your time. You have gifts. You have ability. This is where stewardship is important. Bring some order into the talents and resources and abilities God has given you. You have money, however much or however little. Establish order. Hallelujah. Separate certain things. Allow some things. Don't allow some things. Glory be to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 40. Let all things. How many things somebody? Let all things be done how? Decently and in order. Decently and in order. Learn to bring order into your life. Particularly the major aspects of your life. And bless God, the Holy Ghost will teach you steps to take. I'm going to show you something else as I go on in this teaching. But watch this very carefully. God did something in what he was doing in Genesis that actually exposes Satan to us. You see, what God was trying to correct was what Satan had destroyed in Genesis chapter 1. John 10.10, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Praise God. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So in recreating the world, like we said, 
Bible said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God will not have created something that was recorded in verse 2. That the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the deep. That's not what God created. What really happened, and this is what most Bible scholars believe, after God had created, what Jesus said later to disciples is that I saw Satan fall like lightning from the sky. There was rebellion in heaven. God cast the devil and his angels out of heaven, and they fell from the, um, the heavens to the earth and shattered the earth, destroyed the earth. Then God now had to recreate the earth. And that's how Satan got into this world. I was saying on Wednesday, one of the challenges that God has allowed to come into our life is that the devil is inside our world. The devil is inside our world. When Satan fell from heaven to the earth, if I were God, again, I'm not God. I'm not as wise as God. I will, and I knew I wanted to create earth for men, my children. I won't allow Satan. I will cast him out of the earth as well. The same way I cast him out of heaven, I will cast him to maybe Jupiter. Is that the farthest one of Pluto? Or something even outside our galaxy? But for one reason or the other known to God, in his infinite wisdom, the devil is still allowed to be in this world. And after God recreated the heavens and the earth and put Adam in the garden, the serpent came into the garden. And God saw that. It's a challenge for us. When God was recreating that world, Satan was still here. And Satan has been here since. And he will be here until the time God has allowed him to be here is up. And we thought about how you overcome that and how you deal with that. If you miss the service, please get the message. But there are three powerful things about the devil here that God has exposed to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 says something very powerful. 2 Corinthians 2, 11. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. I believe for many people, because they are ignorant of the operations of Satan, how Satan thinks, how Satan operates, how Satan works, he's taking advantage of them. Financially, he's taking advantage of them. In their health, he's taking advantage of them. Maritally, he's taking advantage of them. Because that scripture, they don't understand what Apostle Paul was saying here. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, we are not ignorant. God wasn't ignorant of how Satan operates. There is a certain atmosphere. I told you about the atmosphere for Miraculous last Sunday. That's one of our secrets in this ministry. That's why we do some of the things we do in our services, like confessing the word corporately. It sets atmosphere. That's why we do some of the things that we tell you, pray in tongues, let's pray in tongues. It sets atmosphere. Atmosphere that makes miracles happen. Can I hear a loud amen? <clears throat> the same way there's an atmosphere for the miraculous for God to move, there are certain atmosphere that allows Satan to find expression. And there are three of them. You want to see Satan in your marriage, allow these three things to remain. You want to see Satan take advantage of you financially, allow these three things to remain. You want to see Satan cripple you in your career, your ministry, allow these three things to remain. Of course, that's not what I'm teaching you this morning. What I'm teaching you is, like God, you want Satan out of your world, out of your life, change these three things. And the first thing that Satan wants, in fact, is praying. Does Satan pray? 
<laughs> He's praying that Pastor T allowed this in your life. He wants disorderliness in your life. The earth was without form. I can tell the way somebody is going if I enter your house or enter your room or look at your wardrobe. Look at your wallet. If I thought you have a wallet or your bank account. My daughter saw me. I was writing my offering this morning. Just right there in the... In the uh, what is this you're writing? Why are you writing this? You know children, they will always ask you questions. So I use this as a teachable moment for her. Disorderliness, it creates a room for the devil. The earth was without form. Second thing the Bible told us in Genesis 1, these are the things God was correcting. He was just shutting out the devil, shutting him out. So without form, every day dark. God said no. There will be time of darkness, there will be time of light, order. There will be space for the water. There will be space for the land. Order. Satan wants everything to be upside down. So that he can take advantage of us. Is somebody learning something this morning? Secondly, the Bible told us that it was void. Emptiness. Remember that story Jesus said. When a devil is cast out of a man. He goes away looking for dry places. And he comes back after. And if he sees that. That man's heart is empty. He has not put the word of God inside his heart. He has not put prayer inside his mouth. He has not put praise inside his heart. The things we teach in church. We tell you an empty mouth is an empty destiny. A closed mouth is a closed destiny. He sees void. He goes back, recruits, is it six or seven more devils wicked than himself? And he comes back. And the state of that man is worse than it was before we cast out the devil. <laughs> That's like saying, look, some people just leave them the way they are. You know, they say, friend, pan to fryer. May that never be your story in Jesus' name. The earth was without form and void. I will show you the second we are going to next where God filled up the earth. Filled up, filled up the water, filled up the sky, filled up the earth. Because Satan wants emptiness. Wants you to have no revelation. Wants you to be empty on prayer. Wants you to be empty in stewardship. And of course the third one was darkness. Let there be light. Confusion up and down the place. Glory be to God. Learn to remove the disorderliness around you, particularly your time. Particularly your time. The devil should be able to predict what you are doing at 9 o'clock in the morning. The devil. 12 o'clock in the afternoon. 3 o'clock in the afternoon. 10 p.m. at night. And more importantly, God. You call me Saturday night at 10 p.m. You will not hear me receive your call. Because that's when I'm sleeping. Because I have to wake up early Sunday morning to prepare for service. Ah, there's Champions League. We will watch the rerun later. Order. Order. Glory, glory be to God. Lift your hands and say, I receive grace. 
to bring order into my life. I receive grace to drive out any form of darkness. And I receive grace to fill up the empty areas of my life. Let me move on to the King's Word number five secret. Glory be to God. Is somebody hearing something this morning? What is the fifth secret I can share to you that this ministry has discovered in 30 years since we received this vision or 22 years since we've been formally or officially running, however you want to count? And under this, this is the principle that is back in this teaching. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I've shared many scriptures with you about secrets. But look at what we are really doing. The counterpart of Ephesians 5.1 that tells you to imitate God. Look at what the Bible tells you to do here. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1. Imitate me. Apostle Paul speaking. To the churches under his apostleship. Imitate me just as I imitate Christ. There are many people that miss God because they don't understand what he's saying here. Ah, this is the New Testament. I'm led by the Spirit of God. I'm led by Christ. The Lord is my shepherd. Beautiful. And that is true. But watch what he's saying here. He could have said, um, one of the best ways to study the Bible is to read what he did not say. Not just read what it said. Read what he did not say. He did not say, imitate Jesus Christ. He could have said that. Which is what Ephesians 5.1 says. Imitate God. Imitate Jesus Christ. But he now adds another layer here. Don't just follow Jesus Christ. You can't see Jesus Christ. Sometimes. Or for the most part. Find a man. That has seen the light. How do you know? By their fruit you shall know them. The pores are not too mysterious. By their fruit you shall know them. Imitate them. That's why I'm teaching you these things. What have we learned in 30 years of following God? That is keeping us strong guests in our 30th year. Or about our 30th after division. We are not weaker than we were. We are stronger today. We are richer today. We are older. We are wiser. We have not died before our time. Hallelujah. We are as relevant or even more relevant today. What is the secret? Imitate me. Just as I also imitate Christ. Our fifth secret that I would love to share with you in this series is authority and accountability. Authority and accountability. And I'm going to use a scripture to break it down as I begin to close. Matthew chapter 8. Let's read this one as well. Matthew the 8th chapter. Is somebody getting blessed? Now there was, sorry, when verse 5, when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. I have a problem. I have a challenge. Now, this wasn't 
personal per se, but on a level it was personal. Obviously, this servant was very dear to this centurion. Who is a centurion? He was the leader of a hundred soldiers. That's what centurion, hundred. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Isn't Jesus wonderful? The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that I should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. And he explained his reasoning. This is what I'm teaching you this morning. For I am a man, or I, am, I also am a man under authority. I am under authority. You will see Dr. K, if you even did it yesterday, this weekend, put up a post. I just want to celebrate my pastor. You will see Dr. K hold conferences with Summer Blast. Reverend Victor, his pastor for almost 30 years, 28 years. And his pastor's pastor. You saw Reverend K has a pastor. He is a man under authority. Reverend Victor has a pastor. Reverend George is a man under authority. Pastor T has a pastor. He's a man under authority. Can I say something here very quickly, please? Because my time is almost up. Listen to me. I've seen many people make this mistake in this church. And I'm saying this to correct us and to help us. Hear me and hear me very well. Tap your neighbor and say, listen to what Pastor T is saying. Look at me very closely. If I can't allow to look at me. If you're a member of this church, Reverend K is not your pastor. Let me say that again. If you're a member of King's Word, Ikeja, Dr. K, Ijisheson, is not your pastor. Hello? He's the founding pastor of the ministry. He is the apostolic oversight over the work. But he doesn't occupy the office of the shepherd over the flock in this church. I doubt whether Reverend K is even the pastor of Kingsworth, Chicago. The people in Chicago can discord uh, uh, that one. I'm not a member. I doubt it. Reverend K occupies an apostolic prophetic office. He's not a pastor. His messages, particularly when it comes here, they are not pastoral. I'm not saying they are wrong. These are things I teach to our pastors and leaders. One day, I called the other senior pastors of the church. We can say this now. It has happened for several years. God told me. I told them, don't go and echo what Reverend K is teaching at Summer Blast or Supernatural and all that in your church. Say that's not your job. Your job is not to be repeating what Reverend K is saying. Your job is to complement whatever. There are many things Dr. K doesn't say because he's not teaching from a pastor's office. You are the pastor. The year we started doing that, this ministry went to another level. When our pastors caught that. The year, when I taught them that, you are the pastor. Reverend K, Reverend K, he doesn't teach pastoral messages. It's like a guest minister message. The things I taught last month, on faith. Reverend K can never teach you something like that when it comes to supernatural. The time is not there. He doesn't have four weeks. And that's not his assignment to you. It's the person occupying this office that can do that. And humbly speaking, that is me. <laughs> I am a man under authority. Having soldiers under me. 
And I say to this one, go, and he goes. To another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does this. I was talking to the pastors a few weeks ago. Just, I think some of the key pastors. I said, if I can't tell you, sit there, and you sit. We have a problem. I don't have to explain it to you. It doesn't have to feel right to you. Now, what is good for the goose is good for the gander. Am I saying that uh, proverb correctly? I was going to Google it just to be sure because I've not used it in a long time. <laughs> All right. Send me the correct phrase. <laughs> what is good for the pastors is good for the members. What is good for the parents is good for the children. We are one house. If I can't tell you sit there and you sit, we have a problem. Let me quickly close. Amen. Verse 10, Jesus was marveled. In the teachings of faith, there were two categories of people that marveled Jesus. His hometown people marveled him. What level of unbelief is this one? And then there were people like this centurion that marveled him. Where did he get this kind of faith? Now, I understand this principle very well. The other day, Pastor Lea was teaching about communion. His legal interpretation. I mean, I, I got light that day when he was talking about, particularly when he said, said many things. <laughs> There are some things I understand as an accountant. When I read the scripture and God accounted it unto Abraham for righteousness, there's a dimension of it I understand because of my accounting background. What I told you, the secret God taught me about tithing, where I use my tithe to set my income. I don't know whether I've told you I'm resetting my income again because the one I did several months ago, the income has now risen and surpassed that. Because of my accounting background, there are some things that come to you because of your training in life. Spiritual things. This guy is a soldier. He was able to draw the parallel that the way in the army, a Roman soldier. Have you watched the history of how the Roman Empire conquered the world? If they tell you in the battlefront, there are cannons there, they are shooting people, and 200 people have died, though, and they tell your platoon, you to go, sudden death, and you don't go. Because you can see sudden death. After they win the war, they will kill you. For insubordination. Kill. That you, the soldier told you to go and you didn't go because you thought you were going to die. They will kill you. That was the interpretation is having here. Ah, I'm seeing something here. Just like in the army. When we tell people do this and they do it. When this man talks to demons, the demons go. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to submit to his authority. Let me give you four things as I close. The overarching thing I want to ask you this morning as we close. Who is speaking into your life? And the more accurate way to ask that question is, who are you allowing to speak into your life? Notice Jesus didn't force that man to him. He is the one that came. Jesus said, let me come to him. I said, no, 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 you don't need to come. I have three wives. I don't qualify. <laughs> my values are not necessarily 100% your own values. I have my other idol god that I worship in the corner. You don't, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. But speak the word. I submit to the authority. I recognize heaven as giving you over demons to heal sicknesses and diseases. I allow you to speak over my affairs. 
one of such people must be your pastor. Hello? Not necessarily the only one. One of such people must be. And when I say your pastor, I'm not talking about an individual. I'm talking about someone that occupies an office. When you join a local church, there's somebody occupying the office of the shepherd of that church. That's what I'm telling you when I tell you, Reverend is not the shepherd of this church. Sometimes some people try to pit what Reverend K is saying because it's different from what I'm saying, discount what I'm saying, and only want to see the one Reverend K is saying, yeah, 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 that's not how to do this thing. No. The answers to life, I'm closing. The answer to life's questions, the solutions to life problems that you are seeking. His servant was sick nigh unto death. He needed a solution. It could have been a financial problem. It could have been a barrenness problem. The problem is relevant. He had a problem and needed a solution or he had questions and needed an answer. Those things are in somebody's mouth. I dare to tell you your pastor has probably spoken it, taught it, prophesied it, described it. Could it be the problem, could your problem be that you are not listening? Or you have not given him permission to speak the word only into your life? You are fighting with what the pastor is saying. Could it be? And this is my humble um, admonition to us in this house this morning. Find the God-ordained person or people. Let me tell you one thing I'm doing this new beginning season. This, this few weeks, I've listened to Dr. K and other people much more. I, I have the people that speak into my life. Now, watch this. Dr. K is my pastor. I am your pastor. Dr. K is my pastor. I'm, I mean, he's my own shepherd. That's what he can do. He can shepherd a few people in his apostolic office. He can shepherd the congregation. I don't think he's shepherding Chicago. Chicago, where he preaches every Sunday. If you understand how gifts and ministries work, you will know. Pastor Dotun was the resident pastor. Rockbade is now moved to Chicago. Pastor May is now the resident pastor in Chicago. The people that I, I, I mean, I'm spending more. Because what I'm looking for is they've said it. I just need to hear it like this man. Don't come to my house. <laughs> Side note, we, we had a workers training and we were getting feedback how we can improve. And sometimes people make an issue out of the style. How the pastor dresses, how the pastor said what he said. Those are not the major issues. They're not side notes. That's my next point. So let me finish this, this point. Find the person or the persons. Your pastor must be one of them. The moment you've identified this is the church where I go to worship my God, you are not forced to go to any church. Look, and it's not only the pastor that can speak into your life, oh. When we were dealing with barrenness, I went to see one of my friends. I brought him here to preach before Dr. Emeka. We were just having a conversation. And I was just telling him, and I just felt led to share with him. It's not everybody I told that the doctor said I have low small spam count. And we've been struggling to have children. But we are that close. The moment I told him, something just, I, I saw the way, he said, ah, man, Pastor T, we can deal with this thing. I don't think we will have children, particularly in the if not for the things he and his wife spoke into our lives in that season. We used to gather to pray. 
Reverend Kias prayed for me. Reverend Victor has slept in my house, laid hands on me, laid head on me, laid oil on me. That is included. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I need to close. Find these people, let them speak. And hear what God is saying through them. Follow me as I follow Christ. Men, men. Thank God. For, that's why I'm teaching these things on this perspective. There's the one I learned directly from God. And we're not saying you should not learn from God. I just think this other layer is important. Can I hear loud amen? So this is the third thing. Find the God-ordained person sent to speak into your life. Grant them permission. Like this man did. He granted Jesus permission. Speak the word only. And when Jesus spoke, he took it. And in that same hour, some people's challenges are ending this same hour in the name of Jesus. This week and this month, some of the problems you have been facing, if you hear what I'm teaching you this morning, you will never see them again in the name of Jesus. Some of us are sent to speak. That's our job. As a pastor, as the occupant of the office of shepherd in this house. Hallelujah. Major on the majors. Don't overblow the minor things that are not really inconsequential. How he said what he said is not the most important thing. The most important thing is what he said. So don't overblow the way he dresses. Or his English that is not perfect. Um, it's not the goose is good for the Gandabi. That is not the title of the message. The message is being under authority and being accountable. Rise on your feet, lift your hands to heaven this morning. Let's give God praise. Come on, give him praise, give him praise, give him praise. And allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. Jesus said, I've not seen greater faith. These are mysteries of faith. Ah, I've been praying, I've been fasting and nothing is moving. Go and listen to the people God has sent to speak over your life. Give them permission. Can I, come on, pray. Talk to God. Just hear. I'm telling you, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm listening to Dr. K and I have like four or five of them. Sometimes God can bring someone in for a season. There's somebody God is using in my life now for a season. Just to teach you, sir. Just to make the way clearer. And as you listen, hallelujah, and grant them permission, they will say something that in one hour, a life-threatening situation gets turned around. We were praying with the makers one day. I just said, we don't have to have this prayer meeting anymore. I know that we have these children. That was the last prayer meeting we had with them. About two months later, Pastor Linda got pregnant. I knew, I, I mean, I, don't, I mean, I just... That's what we're doing. They will just come, we'll pray. We did it for several weeks. One of the meetings, the last one we had, I told them. I mean, it was so clear. <laughs> you don't have to come to my house. Just speak the word. Glory be to God. I prophesy healing and health over your life. I prophesy new levels, next levels, new beginnings, supernatural increase. Open your mouth and receive it. Supernatural increase. You will know what to do. There will be order in your life. There will be no confusion. There will be no emptiness. There will be no darkness. 
every spoil of the devil, every trick of Satan, I declare it comes to an end today. In the name of Jesus. Come on, lift those hands and give him praise as you receive that word for yourself.